Today's second passage comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 38 through 50. Prior to this passage in chapter 9, the disciples are arguing amongst themselves as to which one of them is the greatest. And so, pretty petty argument. That With that as our backdrop, hear now God's word for you. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterwards to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell to the unquenchable fire. If your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where there the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched for everyone will be salted with fire salt is good but if salt loses his saltiness how can you season it have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another the word of the lord I don't know if you noticed this but we find the disciples a little bit full of themselves today we catch it in the very first verse when the disciples uh, say, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. I can imagine Jesus saying, us? It's amazing how often we turn things into being about us. They forgot that this is about the teacher not the students, and that the teacher, not the students, is the focus of the following. And so now is the time, one more time, Jesus, master teacher, comes to teach, comes to correct the disciples of their misunderstanding. And so as master teachers do, he takes a different approach, trying to have it sink in. We saw it a few weeks ago where Jesus took this approach with the Syrophoenician woman, where Jesus uses really harsh language towards this woman, but he did so in hopes of bringing out the best in her in encouraging her to stand up for what she came there for. And boy, did she ever. And what an amazing woman that was. So here Jesus takes a very different approach, and I think you noticed it. It's called hyperbole. With harsh, exaggerated language, Jesus begins to ad address the importance of not hindering his other followers. And that's not just the original 12 disciples. So this language that we heard of being drowned into the depths of the sea, language that we heard about limbs and 
being cut off and eyes being gouged out. These grotesque, hyperbolic images, they're a means to get the disciples' attention. They're, he's trying to make a point that hopefully won't be ignored. And that is what Jesus is doing here. And so we should know that these are not words to be taken literally, and they are not words to be taken lightly. His message reflects the value and importance that Jesus has on every single disciple, not just those original 12. So what is Jesus's ultimate desire here? What is his hope? That we as his followers would live as salt. That our lives would be distinct. That we would stand out. That we wouldn't just blend in with the rest of society. Well, if you were to describe our society, not this church, but society as a whole. If you were to describe our society right now in one word, what word would you choose? Feel free to raise your hand and I'll call on you. Susan. Mayhem. Paul. Chaos. Chaos. Karen. Self-absorbed. Lisa. Divided. Ann. Destruction. Destruction. Pat. Confused. Mel. Screwed up. up. (laughs) So I would encourage you to create your own sermon this week. If you have a journal... Or can grab a piece of paper. And if that is the one word that you have chosen, it's a lot of very accurate words. What would it like to then be distinct from that? I think Lisa said divided. That was the word that I thought of. And so that will be my, dis- my sermon is, yes, we are divided by class. We are divided by race. We are divided by political parties. We are divided by religion. We are divided now by vaccination status and those that are willing to wear a mask and those that aren't. Right now, it's sad that we are the divided states of America. And it hurts me to say that. If we don't want to blend in and contribute to that, If we want to stand out and be distinct, it seems to me that in this unique time and place, Christ is calling us to stand up for and promote unity. Did you notice how this whole discussion in this passage started? This other guy is doing a good thing. He's driving out demons in Jesus's name, and they're trying to stop him. Why would they try to stop him from doing a good thing? Because he wasn't part of them. That these disciples had created this us versus them mentality that we see so often today. And what is Jesus's response? He says, if you're not for us, no, he says this. He says, If you're not against us, you're for us. Isn't that interesting? I just made the mistake. I just did the Freudian slip and got to the point of the sermon is that it shows how divided we are. We have taken Jesus's words and have twisted it. 
We have distorted it because what's the phrase that we use? If you're not for us, you're against us. And that's different. That is very different. That if you don't agree with us, you're our enemy. You're our adversary. And so we will exclude you. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus' words were inclusive. If you're not against us, you're for us. You're with us. One more example we have here that being salt today means to promote unity and inclusion over division and exclusion. And so how do we do this? This is where it gets really hard. This is where being a part of the Bible study this last Monday was so valuable because we touched on this in the first chapter of Daniel. Here is Daniel and his young friends that are being carried off into Babylonian exile, living in a foreign country. They are seeking to remain distinct. They are seeking to be faithful followers of God in a place that changes their name, changes their diet, changes their language, and changes their schooling. They allow their names to be changed. They allow themselves to learn a new language and to go to their schools, but they draw a line at the dietary restrictions. It was so interesting for us to recognize that that was the line for them that they would not cross. And to think about how does that apply in our lives? Where do we draw the line? Where are we blending in with the rest of society that we don't even recognize? What parts of society is it okay for us to blend in? What parts of society is it not? Can't you see how challenging this is? How do we keep our distinctiveness in this world? Now, one approach is to distance ourselves from society. We see this with the Amish. The Amish have their own pretty much separate communities. You see people that take this approach where they only associate with other Christians. They only listen to Christian music, Christian TV, Christian uh, news, Christian uh, taking their kids only to Christian schools. And so that's another approach. What I found very helpful is I always try to read a few different versions of the passage and the message didn't use the word salt. Eugene Peterson used the word preservatives. Be preservatives yourselves. Preserve the peace. Which reminded me that Jesus and his disciples didn't have refrigeration. I'm thinking about salt and flavor and another key component of this saltiness is how it was used back then to preserve their food. And you don't have salt and food and keep them separate. In order for that food to be preserved, you need to rub that salt in. It needs to be a part of the food that you are seeking to preserve. Same thing in our lives. The easy route is to remain separate from the rest of the world. But that's not what Christ is calling us to be here. He's calling us to be salt. 
He's reminding us that we need to remain a part of society while at the very same time stand out. Keep your flavor as Christians. But boy, is that challenging. Keeping our flavor, keeping our distinctiveness while also remaining connected. Being in the world, but not of the world. How do we do this? When you come to worship each week and you learn more about the life and teachings of Christ, when you're reminded about how God is calling us to you to live, you're doing that. When you go to a Bible study, you are doing that. When you do a daily devotion, even if it's only five minutes of your time, you are doing that. Your prayer life, your sacrificial giving, as we mentioned last Sunday, being out in God's creation, entering into times of solitude and meditation, these are all called spiritual disciplines. And God has placed them in our life to help us live differently. They also help us recognize what is in our lives that is hindering our walk with God. What is one thing that is hindering your walk with God? What's one thing that needs to get cut off in order that your spiritual life will grow and thrive? Christ is calling us to be salt, to stand for unity even though it is challenging and it is unpopular. We do this, according to the Gospel of Mark, by putting the well-being of others before our own, humbling ourselves in a healthy way by not constantly engaging in self-promotion, lifting one another up and being willing to take one step down a peg ourselves and talk about a different approach from the rest of society. Two weeks ago, if you remember, Jesus says, if you want to find your life, give it away. Be like me. Be generous. Embrace the life of a servant. Live to give. Last week in the lectionary, and it's right before these verses in Mark chapter 9, Jesus says, if you want to be first, you must be last. Anything that is causing you to be self-centered, self-absorbed is hindering you from the kind of life that God is calling you to. Get rid of it. Anything that is creating animosity towards other people, bitterness, resentment, division, that is hindering you from living this salty life that God is calling us to, get rid of it. We don't have to wait for Lent to come to get rid of these types of things that are in our lives that are unhealthy. We can do it right now. What if we celebrated all those who are doing good things in our communities? Acknowledged the service and good work and supported them and came alongside them, lent a hand so here's where the disciples were. What if 
A mosque nearby is doing great community work. Would we be willing to come alongside them and lend a helping hand? That was the challenge of these disciples who had this us versus them instead of recognizing the good that they're doing. What if in your relationships with your spouse or your partner, it wasn't all about my needs, but what can I do? What can I say to build up and support and encourage my spouse and my partner? My guess is that not only would their life thrive, but so would your relationship that you have with one another. What if unity means not stopping to give your opinion, but to be aware of when and how to give your opinion? And then as you have given your opinion, create the space and the opportunity for those around you to give their opinions. And to really listen and to really learn so there's this reciprocal back and forth that is healthy. What a wonderful time we are in to be alive. What a challenging time it is to be a modern day disciple of Christ. What an amazing opportunity we have here at Long Valley Presbyterian Church to follow Christ's example to be salt that hasn't lost its flavor, that hasn't lost its distinctiveness, but to live a life for God, to live a life for others while remaining engaged in the world that so desperately needs people who are standing up for unity and inclusion. Let us be salty Christians. Let us be welcoming and encouraging and do everything that we can to bring out the best in one another. Amen.